Hello and welcome. You're listening to Matchpoint episode 3 and my guest today is Sydney Cook. Sydney Cook is an Erasmus student uh, from the United States where she is also a professional tennis player. Sydney, how did your career in tennis start? At 10 years old I started playing competitively in the US, it's called the USTA. And so we, I ended up playing tournaments probably twice a month for until uh, until I graduated from high school. So wow, okay, like I'm I'm envious here. I wish like that. This is like one of my uh, unrealized dreams. <laughs> um, but okay, so you said that you started at the age of eight. How much did you play? Like you said, till the till you were seventeen, right? Yeah. So. I was homeschooled until I went to high school, so I would literally go to the courts probably around 8 a.m. and play for three to four hours, have a lunch break, and then start playing again until dinner time. So I would end up playing like five to six hours every day until high school, and that was, um, yeah, when I was like 16 or something so I would play about five to six days a week and then on weekends uh, the tournaments it really depends on how many matches you have but you can play up to six hours as well there so I played a lot of tennis yeah you played a lot of tennis uh, so I don't know if we mentioned but you're from the United States <laughs> from which state are you I'm from North Carolina I actually live in the capital of North Carolina Raleigh But is it like a very, like, is it a popular, because like, how popular sport is tennis in the States? It is actually extremely popular in the South, which is where, uh, there's, in the USTA, there's like different uh, groups of states, and my groups of states is called Southern, like the Southern area. Yeah, this is like the National League. It's, uh, it's. It's the national breakdown of the different states. Yeah, so, yeah, but I would like the... Like the short, like in it was national. I don't know. Of USDA. The yeah. United States Tennis Association. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> for all the U.S. And then there's the national tournaments, and then there's tournaments broken broken down into the different sections of states, and then there's state tournaments. Um, so I. What was the question again? Oh. <laughs> It's okay. Oh yeah, I was I was asking how popular is tennis oh, in the yeah, states. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really really popular in North Carolina. The where I lived, there's actually a facility that has 32 courts that are all uh, outdoor, and then they're just building like four. I think they have six more indoor courts now, and like having a facility like that right around the corner was amazing. Not to mention there was probably like seven or eight other facilities that had at least like 20 courts. And that was just in one city. Um, and then, like, one of the tournaments you go to has one, a facility that has 60 courts. So, like, just having facilities that big show you how popular it is because yeah. they wouldn't build it if it wasn't that popular. So it is actually extremely popular for it, which makes it more competitive and harder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, so... What are your like major highlights, achievements, like things that you're proud of you want to say on air? <laughs> you can say them. <laughs> yeah, I the funniest thing is probably like my best win was the first tournament I ever did. So I was literally like nine years old and it was a round robin, which means you play everyone in the tournament. And I had three matches and I was coming to the finals and I was 
playing my coach's daughter and like the coach's daughter is always the best person like that's just how it is and I was able to like beat her and it was the best moment of my life I still have the trophy it's my favorite trophy I've ever gotten it's not like the biggest or anything but it's definitely my favorite and it was like the most iconic moment for me which is hilarious because it's probably like <laughs> it's literally my first tournament I ever played but my greatest like achievement was I ended up being able to get top 20 in this in my state in my oh, ranking wow. So that was definitely my biggest achievement. I was able to go to Southerns, which is only, you have to go to a Tar Heel qualifier and you have to play well enough to get invited to Southerns. And Southerns is also counts as a national tournament. So that was probably one of the biggest tournaments I went to. And um, yeah, so that was super cool to be able to go to, I think two of those tournaments while I, while I played. Wow. It, well, like, uh, what? How old were you then? Uh, the first one I went to, I was 14, and then I went when I was 16 or 15 and 16. So three times actually. Oh, you have been three times. Yeah, and uh, um, so they were like all in the different parts of this, uh, the country. So I went to Arkansas for one, I went for, to Georgia for one, and I went to Alabama for one. So you really get to travel. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Like I know how much. Like, uh, like probably like all the all like. A big part of the people that are listening like have been to the state if they're from AUBG. So um, yeah, I know like we know how much traveling is that. Yeah, I went. Uh, if I did it like in one night, it ended up being like 14 hours, and my dad had to drive like through the night to get me there. It it was wild. Don't you fly? No, <laughs> it's too expensive. Really? Isn't yeah. it like more expensive to like to like the cost for gas? No, no, we decided to drive because you also have to once you get there, like r drive to from your hotel to places, and so it ends up being a lot cheaper to drive. Yeah, actually, like so, like the, those are like big tournaments. Are they hold like on one court or like how many like? They will. The way it works is they'll go to a city, and then in that city, they will literally utilize all the courts available to them. So. You there'll be one facility that has 40 courts and then another one that has 20, which makes it kind of hard because like the let's say I see my draw and I'm like okay I have a match here this time I win or lose and then they're like oh in 30 minutes you got to be at this other side of the city, so they really because the tournaments are so huge there's I think like 132 people. Oh wow. Um they can't get the they can't have the tournament be done in time unless they utilize all of the facilities and it's because we're all students so they I think for shorter tournaments or sorry during the school year they start Friday and go Saturday Sunday and when you only have three days there's only so many matches you can play so they have to utilize all of them but during the summer they are, are like week-long tournaments and that's more like the southern ones oh okay Have you played on one of those like matches that you said that you were like in top 20 of your state? Like someone that actually like became a famous like player in like the uh, women rankings. Probably like were they like male and female tournaments or like there there is division like from the beginning? Yeah, it's divided by gender from the beginning. I I haven't played any one that like became. Like that, y'all would recognize. The only girl that would would be her name is Abigail Forbes. She played at UCLA. She went to Costa Rica and a couple. Like she won juniors Wimbledon, 
and then went to Costa Rica and won a couple ATP tour titles there. And now she plays at UNC Chapel Hill. And so she's like one of the biggest people I played, but uh, no, none of my friends have like become professionals. Yeah, but sometimes even oh, like- Oh, actually, um, where I go to college, it's called East Carolina University in Greenville, North Carolina. And my really good friend from there used to train with Tommy, uh, Tommy Paul. So, whoa, yeah. So <laughs> I have a semi connection, but I did not play with him. Yeah, I mean exactly. Like sometimes it just happens. There are a lot of people like they're interviewed like 28 years after, and they're like, "Yeah, once I played with Roger Federer <laughs> when he was 13." Yeah. So yeah. So like, um, which is like like your most successful season? What would you say like, like the whole season? Like, which is the season that you remember? Like, you turn back to with like the, I don't know, the most happiness in mind. <laughs> uh, that's a hard one. I honestly, I feel like I peaked in like 16 and unders. So like in the USTA, it's done by age group, but it's like under. So like if you're 16 and under. You can be 13, 12, however old, and you can still sign up. You just can't be older than I age. But 16 and under is, is when I, I think I was even higher than top 20 that year. Um, 18 and under was when I was top 20, which kind of means a little bit more because it's old. You're older. Um, but yeah, 16 and under is I had some like crazy close matches with people that I had like always lost to, and then like I came out of nowhere and like beat them and. I remember this one tournament, I was going by myself, it was in Charlotte, which is like four hours away, and my parents were like, oh, we don't know if we should send you. I look at my draw, I have the first seed, and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going all this way, I have the first seed, and it was like one of the best matches I like ever played, and I ended up winning like the whole tournament, and that was like a huge thing for me, like a huge confidence boost because I was like going in there like oh, I'm not even gonna make it past the first round, and then winning the beating the first seed was like so amazing. How many matches were there in like one of those tournaments? I think that one was like about thirty uh, two people. So, so five. Yeah, so five matches. <laughs> I didn't want to do the math. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm better at like watching and statistics <laughs> than in playing. So yeah. Yeah. I know that like um so I think the is the Olympics no I think only the Grand Slams are 128 and like everything is below that or something like that like yeah. I know how to divide them into weeks <laughs> I guess Okay so one what's one word that like describes you as like as you as a player I don't know Me as an athlete I would say I'm determined because I definitely went through a lot of losses and had to like bring back and like find confidence in myself because that's something I feel like in sports like you're always gonna have to deal with the losses so I definitely say determination because I kept going <laughs> for a while yeah that's true like we know that not everyone is handling it that well <laughs> especially like in the professionals yeah some of them are pretty wild Okay, so we're doing a short music break. Today Sydney is the DJ, so the songs that she chose. Ooh, do you want to say something about them? Why did you choose them? Well, actually the first one that we're listening to, Electric Love, is me and my best friend from, or my roommate from freshman year. It's our, like, it's our song. So when I was thinking about it, I was like, I have to play this because this is our song. And then... Um, 
yeah, the other ones are just some people that I've been listening to for a while and just really love them. So, <laughs> okay, so we're listening to those two songs and then we're coming back and we're going to talk a bit more about tennis in general, like what's happening and how it's working because a lot of people don't actually know what's happening. And yeah, we will be right back.
save a place at the table for your daughter and son we'll be out on that highway fading quick like the sun don't just stay up late waiting or we've only begun yeah we've only begun and make no Fine like a gun While you pray for revival I'm already living in one I won't pass up on the danger I'd miss out on the fun Won't miss out on the fun Who'll make no mistake Make no mistake Make no mistake We live while we come Chase down the sun
back hope you enjoyed the music break and the songs that sydney chose for you <laughs> and now maybe we should like elaborate more on more on tennis itself because like i'm from those people that know what's happening like what's happening in tennis like the majority of my friends when they see me watching tennis they don't know what's happening they're like <laughs> why is it like 34 15 like why what's happening <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when I start explaining tennis to people that don't know, I'm like, it really doesn't make sense. Like, zero is love, then we go to 15, and they're like, what about one, two, three, four? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of numbers between zero and 15, but yeah. So, for a rundown on, like, scoring, we have <laughs> two sets that yeah. make up a match, and each set normally goes to six games, and then each game... To win a game, you have to win basically four points. But and here it becomes complicated. <laughs> yeah, that's where it becomes complicated. <laughs> so let's say it's zero zero, and um, we start the point, and I win. That means that first point means I have fifteen, and the other person has zero. Yeah, and zero is called love. Yeah, so fifteen <laughs> love. So I have I just won one point, but I automatically have fifteen. So maybe it's a confidence boost. I don't know why the originality of it. I but. think it's because um, so. I think initially started by quarters. I don't know why they decided to move it by quarter, but then they didn't want it to be 45 for some reason, and they decided to make it 40. I don't really know why. <laughs> and yeah, I have heard that. Interesting. Yeah, so then if you win a second point, then that means you have 30, and then if you win a third point, then it'd be 40. Um, so at 40, whenever one of the person has 40 and they win another point, then they get one game, which goes towards their set score. But there's uh, this thing called deuce when both people have 40. Um, so it would be it's called 40 all, which just means 40 40. And or, yeah, or usually they just say deuce. Or yeah, or a deuce, and. This is when there's a thing called advantage, and depending on which tournament you're watching, there'll be um, no advantage, which means the next point wins the game, or you can have ads, which means um, whoever wins the point gets the advantage. So, um, and then from 40-40, you have to win two points in a row to win the game. Yeah, it's like in <laughs> yeah, in a lot of sports, like you cannot be like win by when one. yeah when they're when there's tie and like you you have to win two points. Yeah. So then, once you get through the 15, 30, 40, and win a game, then you get into the set, and uh, you have to win six games to win a set, and then same concept of you have to win by two. So if it's six four, that's great. If it becomes um, five five, and then someone becomes six five. That's not allowed. So either the one person wins by seven five. Seven five would mean you won the set, or it becomes six six. And at six six, there's a tiebreaker because there's a tie, and you play a series of points. And this is where it gets simple. They count one, two, three, yeah. four, <laughs> um, and you pay seven until someone reaches seven, and then um, 
they win the set 7-6. So I know, like, that's so confusing. But it makes more sense when you start playing. Yeah, I mean, it makes more sense when you start watching. Yeah, like, or watching. But in the beginning, so, like, how I started watching tennis is because of, uh, like, the Grigor Dimitrov. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we all, I, I think he just raised a whole generation of tennis fans from Bulgaria because of him. And... Uh, I remember in the beginning I was watching his matches but I didn't know what's going on. I was just watching and like things were moving and like 40, 15, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I know I know how lost people can be and I'm trying to educate as many people as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I I don't know. I I love I love watching this game. It's like football for me. I can watch it. Could you try again? The whole day. Siri, yeah, Siri has wants to say something too. I guess. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, very confusing, and I hope like someone that's a professional explained it like well enough. We have it recorded. I may just crop this part of the <laughs> recording and play it to people. Yeah, it is definitely complicated, but I like if you start watching it, start playing it, it makes a lot more sense when you're like in motion and yeah. <laughs> um and okay, so from your league, um like how after the top like you said like the top of in the states, like what's happening after? Like how like how the league in the states is like constructed. Yeah, so I mentioned <laughs> a little bit before it's broke down by gender and age. But it's yeah. like under, so I think it starts at eight and under, and anyone under eight can play in that league, and then ten and under, twelve and under. And normally, you kind of stick to your age group. Mm-hmm. So, um, you'll if you're eleven and twelve, you play twelve and under, fourteen and under, thirteen, fourteen year olds. So that's how it's broken down for rankings as well. And each, um, you play tournaments, and I think it's a, I could get this wrong, but I think it's six tournaments that count towards your points. So the six tournaments that you got the most points in will count towards your ranking. And then that ranking um, gets put into um, sections of, like, your if the tournament goes towards the state rankings, the southern rankings, or national rankings, and that's dependent upon the tournament you play. So tournament levels are, there's level one, which is obviously the hardest one, level two, level three, and level four. And then level five is the lowest one, and you, normally if you're a competitive player, you don't even play in those. At level five is just kind of like having fun, just messing around, and then like level four and up is like a little bit more serious players. Then there's L1 and L1A, and L1A is like even higher. And so for those levels, they go into each uh, like state has you have state level L1s and you have state level L2s and then you also have sta- uh, southern level 1s and southern level 2s and then you have national level 1s and national level 2s um, and so once you get enough points and I'm sorry Siri has to be sorry don't worry I'll have to dig her out <laughs> but um, once you win enough points in state tournaments and you can start playing southern tournaments and uh, basically to you sign up for a tournament you have a deadline you sign up and the top however many people so if it's a 64 draw the top 64 people get in so to be able to play higher tournaments you have to have a higher ranking because otherwise you won't even be able to play in the tournament yourself and then um, 
once you this is all for like high school level because once you turn 19 you can't play these tournaments anymore and then it's up to college and there's uh d1 d2 and d3 colleges and you can't really start talking to college um coaches until you are a junior in high school it's like not illegally you're not allowed to and then the D1's obviously the highest, and D2 is like middle ground, D3 is probably around the worst. And you'll talk to coaches depending on your ranking and star rating. There's a star rating for tennis players, oh, wow. which is But like, that's only the states? That is like national. And yeah. I honestly, it's based upon your win, win record, so it's not necessarily your ranking. Your ranking's kind of tied in, but it's based upon like... If I beat this girl who has beat everyone else that she's played, then, like, I'm showing that I'm better than this girl and all those other people she beat. So it's more based upon, like, skill level and not so much ranking. So Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be a more, like, overall look at how good you are. And the way that system is, like, quantified is by stars. And so zero star, obviously you're not very good. One, two, three, all the way up to five star. And then if you're better than a five star, it's called blue chip. And so those, the blue chips go to the best D1 places in uh, the, the, oh, I'm pretty sure star rating, it might be international. Maybe. I haven't heard of that, but maybe. Okay. But um, yeah, so that. Uh, that's a good way for coaches to see you is you get on those lists of the higher ranking and higher star ratings and yeah so then college is your next step or if you're good enough you can skip and go straight into pros but a lot of people like to go to college just to like grow up air quotes (laughs) a little bit more um but yeah that's a little bit about the ranking and yeah wait but the little interesting thing is just recently we in the US we went to orange ball which means it's a lower compression ball for 12 and unders and then 10 and under has an even it's called a red dot ball has an even smaller compression and then 8 and under is a foam ball and the lower compression makes it so the ball doesn't bounce as high and it makes the it makes it more evenly matched because in that age, there's some kids who hit their growth spur and are super, super tall. Others are still short and it uh, levels the playing field so that it's not, you're not just hitting it over someone's head. It's more about strategy because the ball literally cannot bounce as hard because if, you know, if you've messed with a basketball, a soccer ball, you know when it's deflated a little bit. It doesn't like kick as well. It doesn't bounce yeah. as well. And that's the same concept as these other types of balls is that they don't bounce as well so it like levels the playing field and in Europe they have been using this for like longer really I didn't know that yeah they did it I got caught right in the middle of it like I was I was like I'm gonna finally go into 14 unders and then (laughs) this is great and then they were like orange dot ball and I was like no (laughs) but I they did it because America wasn't producing such good Uh, like recently we hadn't been producing professional athletes and the European countries have and they saw that the European countries were using these like lower compression balls so they were copying the European (laughs) yeah I mean it it happens (laughs) like in this sport uh, specifically like it 
started from Europe and like yeah. that's why I think it's like interesting because you're like from the from the states and right now you're like producing some good athletes I would say yeah. especially so I'm not following a lot of like the female like I know that like I think you have like two top 10 players or something like that at least one for sure but the female uh, like the males right now like um yeah you said Tony Paul um Taylor Fritz yeah Tyler Fritz uh, there's like there's a bunch right now I don't even yeah, know the their names. Uh, Riley Opelka like the very tall guy yeah um yeah I mean these are like the three that just pop up on mm -hmm. my mind but they are probably more and yeah they're like just yeah coming from nowhere <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> we have definitely had a little bit more success in the men's bracket which is super exciting to see yeah yeah like a lot of people are talking about like a lot of specialists and like retired specialists let's say <laughs> um like we're commenting on that like um i remember like exactly a couple of years late, uh, like before um, ago yeah like there wasn't like it wasn't popular like maybe you you can dominate every other sport but like in tennis like there was no one there <laughs> yeah yeah I mean tennis is such a strategic and like in the in the essence it's so simple like you have to put a ball into this little court but at, when you try and do it it's so hard and yeah. there's so much strategy behind it so it's like such a beautiful sport because it's so strategic but also like so simple at the same time which i think is so cool <laughs> yeah uh, there is like maybe yeah we were talking on our way here like who's our like not let's say if we have to choose between feather and nadal like there is something about Federer, like yeah. he does everything that has to be done in this sport flawlessly like the the backhand like the being a like the sportsmanship yeah. like being polite and like humble and all of that all yeah. the values like they're just there yeah and like we were talking about how when he retired like it also showed that and how the people were gathered around him i think who knows how many tears were shed that day like he was such an icon and he was such a gentleman and I mean, yeah. watching him play, like, he's literally the perfect strokes and everything. He's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think that someone else, like, maybe, I don't know if, it, even if in our lifetime, someone will be, like, as perfect player no. as he is. <laughs> he has my not. heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has the heart of a lot of people. So, um, we can move on to the story time segment, which is, like, the most interesting one. We're just talking... We can just talk about everything. <laughs> uh, but before that, a short music break. Uh, we have Please by Noah... Kahan. Kahan. <laughs> <laughs> and Burn by David Kushner. Yeah. They pronounce it right? Okay. I think so. Do you want to say something about those? Um, Noah Kahan. I got to see him when he was like in a tiny little theater. And I don't know if y'all know him or not, but he's gotten a lot bigger since then. So I like to say I'm a, I'm a fan from the beginning. So... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like I know, I know the feeling when someone like <laughs> becomes a star. <laughs> okay, so we are leaving you with those, and then we are coming back to do a little short time, a sto story, story time segment, and yeah, hope we have some fun on it. I stare at the headlights till I get my head right. In the dark, stop their house on the porch. My head is an ocean, and I'm getting homesick for a place I've never known. And I just keep laughing when I'm stuck in traffic. 
at the metaphor I've become. Maybe I'm restless and manic depressive. Or maybe I need someone. Or maybe not. So please just give me something for the pain. Cause my heart softens to your pain. And when you go hard, I come undone. And when you go hard, I'll come up weak. And I walk wires and I pull teeth. And I'm so tired of chasing dreams. I need someone to wake me up. I need someone to wake me up. I remember the evening. Show me catch demons. Now I fill the room up with father and son. Two minutes of motion, four hours and frozen by the fear in the bottom. Now I ran out of reasons to pick up your pieces. I just tried to recall what once was. Maybe I'm desperate, I'm manic depressive, or maybe I need someone, or maybe not. So. Give me something for the pain Cause my heart softens to your name And when you go on, I come undone When you go on, I'll come out weak And I walk wires and I hold teeth And I'm so tired of chasing dreams I need someone to wake me up I need someone to wake me up Ooh.
say you're sorry, the evidence is on my body, but I never complain. I wear it as a lesson, curse it a blessing. Oh, 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 you're not a prophet. Have you forgotten that you're godless? Oh, 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 you're on your knees and you're trying to speak. And we're back for the last part of the show, which is story time, which is we're talking about everything. <laughs> um, so first, like, what made you quit? Like, why did you quit? Yeah, that honestly, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life was quitting. I, I mean, I, like I said, I played for, well, now it's like 15 years. But um, back then when I quit, it had been like 10 years. It had been my life. I played six hours a day. I woke up early in the morning to go to the gym I did school I trained more like it was my life and I ended up having a really bad injury on my on my wrist and I went to the doctor and he was like well you happen to have like a ganglion cyst a torn tendon like a well like literally like five different things wrong and so only on your arm all on my wrist just that one oh. wrist And so he was like, you can get surgery, but it'll take a year to recover and it won't affect your daily life. So the only thing it affects is when you play tennis. And so 
I mean, getting surgery is, it's risky just because it's surgery, it's expensive, it, you don't even know if you recover correctly. And at that time, I was a junior in high school, so a year, and then I would be going to college. So I would not get any college prospects from um, for tennis. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, what's my other option? He's like, well, you can pay through, like, play through the pain. And I tried that. <laughs> it wasn't going very well. And so I, one day I was like procrastinating and procrastinating. I did not want to make this decision. And my mom called me and she was like, if you go to practice today, then you are going to continue playing. And if you don't, then you're not. And so I was like sitting there at the end of school, procrastinating, calling my mom and tell her because I, I didn't know what to do. But I uh, ended up deciding to quit because of, um, I just knew if I got in the surgery, I wouldn't be able to play college tennis anyways, and I knew I couldn't play through the pain. Um, and so I ended up quitting, and I I think, I don't know if I regret it, because I, whenever I see my friends, like, posting about their teams and, like, the the atmosphere like that's what I always dreamed about was like having a team because I'm I'm such a team-oriented person and so like my big dream was like being a part of a team having those girls and um so I get sad (laughs) every year because I'm like oh I didn't have that but it was tennis like honestly changed my life for the better and like I said it was one of the hardest things I ever did and I think I did make the right decision because I was able to get a job I was I tried out for soccer and I tried out for track and I started playing ultimate frisbee in college and it really has opened the door for other things yeah do you want to say about the frisbee thing because we don't have this like (laughs) what's that so it was again one of those things my brothers played ultimate frisbee and I would go throw the disc with them and I was awful like horrible and they wouldn't want to throw with me and I was like okay I'm gonna learn how to throw and so I honestly went into the game being like this is so dumb like you're throwing a disc around (laughs) like what are you doing what is the point but now I've totally fallen in love like there's so much strategy behind it and I won't get into the strategy but ultimate frisbee is in a sense like similar to rugby where you have like an end zone that you have to score in I normally compare it to American football but we don't have that as well (laughs) I can't because but so basically there's an end zone that you have to score in and the way you score is by passing the disc and throwing the disc and there's two throws there's a um a backhand which I don't even know how to describe it I'm like doing it (laughs) (laughs) like you can't see me and then there's a flick um so basically you throw to the other person but when you are holding onto the disc you can't move so the only way to move up the field is by passing to your teammates and then the it is is very organized when you just are watching it you're like they're just running all over the place but once you learn what they're doing there's it's very very precise it's like um we have plays almost like basketball where you like this person is going to go this specific way and they're going to catch it here and then the next person is going to run here and cut back and catch it there and obviously we have defenders that try and mess up our plan but there's it's an incredible strategy it's so much fun and it yeah I love it <laughs> yeah another thing that I'm like very envious about like you in the states yeah you like actually 
care about sports and you have variety and you're like encouraging it and all of that i mean what wouldn't i give to like be with like play sports in college or in high school and like yeah that's a really cool thing about the colleges in the states is they have so they have the competitive league which is like varsity and then they have club and in club you still play other universities so i will go and play the university of virginia and i'll go play uh the university of charlotte and all these different i'll play people from different colleges almost like i'm in varsity but it's fun and it's like you can drink on the sidelines like it's super chill it's super fun but you're still like competing against other colleges and then even there's a, a league down which is called intramural and it's when you just play other teams in your own university so it's like really cool how that it's available at almost every university in the states yeah yeah i w- i would do an erasmus in the states just to experience that <laughs> exactly how are you doing uh what sacrifices did you make like you said what you gained after you stopped but what sacrifices did you do to like get to that point i think growing up i like there were a lot of times i like couldn't go to friends birthday parties and because i was gone every single weekend and i was training all the time so i think like in the beginning when i was training i sacrificed like friendships and time like i didn't have time for anything else except tennis and school um so that was definitely something i sacrificed was just like having time to just do whatever you wanted like it you really had to be focused on what yeah. you were doing what you're trying to get um But yeah, like we I ended up like giving it up and quitting and you make sacrifices in each part of your life. That's true. Uh so, but it's worth like obviously it's worth it like it's like playing sport it's like yeah. It always teaches you something. So, do you have like any specific story or something that you want to share? There are always like things that happen. Yeah. Um, I think I bet I have so many stored in my brain, but the only one that's popping in my head was this one time. It wasn't even a coach, but when you split sets in a tournament, you get like a 2-minute break just to catch your breath and you can talk to a coach or a parent during that time. And that's the only time that a coach or parent can talk to you. Um, otherwise you will get disqualified or someone else will get disqualified. They're very particular about that. Um, But uh this one of the my friend's moms was the one that like came over and talked to me and she was like, "You know, you can do anything for 10 points because that's how many points I needed to win the match." And I that is like stuck with me in like every other like I'm like, "I can do anything for an hour. I can write this paper for an hour. I can suffer through this plank for 30 seconds." Like it it really has like those words have like transferred over into like every area of my life and I don't even think she knows how impactful that was cuz that was years ago but yeah. yeah they never know like some so I, i remember so i had like a very very scary exam like it was like ninth grade or something and my mom like i remember i didn't go and then i feel guilt i felt guilty so i called her and asked her like mom did i do the right thing like i feel bad now but i really knew that i was going to fail it and i remember she told me that it's always good to do it instead of procrastinating it because like it's you have to take it anyways and i don't know if it's a good advice or a bad advice because sometimes like i'm just winging exams <laughs> that i probably should do better on um but yeah like 
moms sometimes give very like <laughs> some advice that stick with us our whole life. Yeah, for sure. What sport do you think you play in your next life? I feel like I've had a chance to like play my next sport in my next life because I like gave up my initial one, but I would probably say I would try I want to try all of them if I'm being honest, but I think I really would love to be good at soccer. I think that is that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's like ex- exactly like female female soccer is not a thing and it's going to be very cool if it becomes a thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the few sports that like they are not yeah, they're not represented very well. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice you gained from your coaches? Mm. <laughs> um I think I like can't think of a specific phrase, but I just remember my um my coaches always just being like like just play it out. You know, like just push through each moment, each point and like you can always deal with the consequences as long as like you put your best foot forward put all your effort into it because i mean at the end of the day like if you gave all of your effort then what is there to be upset about like you had you're playing this sport that you love so much and uh it's okay if you lose because there's still another day there's another chance to win (laughs) oh that yeah oh that's so i think (laughs) i needed to hear it actually it made me like made me stop and think wow yeah i mean if we look like more philosophically on this one like it's not only about like matches and like it's about like you can do that in every aspect of your life like yeah i mean if you did everything like that you could like what the, what's there to be sorry about yeah i mean tennis like everyone in the states if you said oh i play tennis they're like oh that's a lifelong sport and it's true like you will see like 90 year olds out there playing tennis but um, I think it's so true because I think that's how it affected my life was so much was because it was so applicable to my life. Like if I learned something on the tennis court and normally I knew I could apply it to my life, which I mean, I think that's kind of true in a lot of sports, but it I definitely rang true for me in tennis. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I'm like, I, I really wanted a career in sports and like, I'm, I don't know, like when I'm inviting people and uh, talking about their careers, I think that I'm like living my own dream. <laughs> How could it be um, to be like, to grow up in this way? Like, I know it's tough for people that don't want to be like, they don't want to uh, like compete. For example, Andre Agassi, like, mm-hmm. do, do you pronounce it like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know that he became a drug addict because his father made him play his whole life. And then he was very good and he played, but he became a drug addict. Yeah. I mean, there's always like pressures from other people or yourself. I think my parents were, I was lucky and had parents that were really good about it. But um, yeah, I think sport's a beautiful thing and it can obviously get manipulated by outside coaches or parents or whatever but it has the opportunity to do a lot of good uh have you watched king richard richard yeah i did that was wild is it realistic (laughs) i i read an article about this and i'm I'm not really remembering i think it was pretty realistic and i think there were some exaggerations like any normal they exaggerate to make a good story i would have to i would read an article about it (laughs) i I don't quite remember what aspects were and weren't yeah but like um not realistic about their case about but like the sport in the states let's say 
yeah. like the for example you cannot see like public tennis courts or like there are some soccer fields public like from like some places but it's not like we don't have tennis courts like in the yeah. middle of nowhere tennis courts are a lot more available and normally you have to be a part of like the club or something like even there's this place called Cary Tennis Park and it's a public park for the state but you have to have a membership to it to be able to play there so yes there are public courts that you can just go play on but they're normally the ones that aren't kept up as well which was kind of true in the movie as well um but yeah normally it it helps to be have money because <laughs> like, yeah like like usual you just concluded <laughs> everything yeah like but there is there are public courts available and but it, it's hard to get like tennis rackets and tennis balls like even if you have the court you still don't have all the equipment equipment you need but yeah there are a lot of like you'll just drive by and there'll be tennis courts on your right and 10 miles away it'll be tennis courts wow. on the other side okay if we like if we have to get something from like this whole thing is that it's good to have money <laughs> <laughs> no 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 that's not the main takeaway <laughs> yeah yeah i know but like it's true it's it's an expensive sport we all know it like yeah. it's one of the most expensive sports so for last thing what's your opinion on like do you think tennis players tennis stars are paid too much like one of the most expensive like most like highly paid stars like in the in the sports it's our tennis players wow I'm, i'm gonna be honest i've never actually really thought about that i've always just been like oh they're making so much money or my parents make jokes like when they're the significant others like clapping they're like oh they're just happy they're getting like five hundred thousand dollars right now or whatever <laughs> they're doing Um, I think I think it's really good that we've been working on like the wage gap between female and male because females were making like a quarter of what males were. So that was something I was a lot more passionate about, not necessarily like how much yeah, it was. So I think Naomi Osaka, she was like the high like the highest um paid athlete like i think he she is still like a second year in a row or something like that even though she's not playing yeah only yeah. for from sponsorships um who else like emma ducano mm-hmm. um like obviously like the big three they're like we're talking about like 100 million a year like, yeah it's insane to think about how much money they're making only from sponsorships yeah. yeah no i said i said something like very very wrong i think I don't know. One one hundred million a year is like a lot. I think maybe about of of their careers. <laughs> I don't know. Now that I think about it, I have to. Yeah, I have to double check because. So Federer, I think, has around one one thousand one hundred and fifty million for now to like for his whole career. Yeah, I have to double check it, but I know that they gain a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The sponsorships are huge, but. I mean, it is like a full-time job. Like they're in, it's more than a full-time job because it's their entire lifestyle. Like it's from what they eat to what they they're sleeping, how much they sleep. Like it all affects how they play and whereas like you, some people have a 9 to 5 or wh- whatever the time is, their like whole life centers around it. So when you think about that, you're like, okay, like maybe they should be paid a little bit more. But yeah, obviously the sports get paid a lot of a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, okay, so another good piece of advice that we can give people is like 
make your uh, children tennis stars so they can earn <laughs> a lot of money and you can live from that. Um, okay, so before any other inappropriate jokes, <laughs> um, I think we should we can uh, wrap up. Um, I was like, it was such a pleasure to talk about tennis. I was from the t- three shows that I'm hosting. This is the one that I'm uh, um, talking the most. <laughs> So yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you for coming. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Obviously, I love talking about tennis <laughs> just as much as you do. So I love talking about it, reminiscing. So thank you for having me. Yep. And do you want to say something about your last two songs? There are going to be two more songs from you. <laughs> uh, these I just really like the vibe and really enjoy listening to. So I hope y'all do too. Okay. So the next two songs are still Sydney songs, and then we're leaving you with our. Music selection, and you're going to wake up with me and Brani, anyways, tomorrow morning again <laughs> uh, because it's like Friday and we're always opening up on Friday. Hope you see you guys in under uh, tonight, and yeah, I did. Uh, so, till tomorrow morning. <laughs>